Welcome everyone to episode 375 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I talk about the inner workings of the entertainment industry with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond. As I mentioned, it is episode 375, meaning we are 25 episodes away from the big number 400. I know it seems like a ways away, but it'll be here before you know it. I mentioned at the end of last week's episode that we were going to be doing a top five list this week. Well, if you're listening to this, you've seen the episode title, so you know that that is not the case. So I do apologize for that. But I will say for any fellow podcasters that are listening uh, to this episode, we all have this, you know, whether it's a mental or physical list of dream guests that we want to have on our respective podcasts, if you do interviews for your podcast. And I had the opportunity to check one of those names off of my dream guest list. Kevin Eastman, writer, artist, and of course, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. For those that have known me you know, since I was a young child, or even if you've only met me you know, over the last couple of years, you know that the Ninja Turtles are extremely important to me. They're one of my favorite fandoms and still continue to be to this day. The original 1990 movie is not only a movie that I've covered through multiple episodes of this podcast, it is the first movie that I can remember seeing in theaters and one of the reasons why I wanted to pursue a career in filmmaking. So when I had the opportunity to be a part of this press junket that Kevin was doing, I jumped at the chance at it. And you'll tell by the the runtime that the episode is a little shorter than what they normally are on this show because we only had a 10-minute time limit because Kevin had so many interview requests that you know we only had a small amount of time so that he could honor as many as possible. But 10 minutes of talking with someone who helped create one of your favorite things in pop culture is better than nothing at all. So I jumped at the chance at it, had a great conversation with him. You could tell that he's still so humble about the response that you know he's not only gotten over the years, but continued to get because we just had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem come out in theaters a couple of months ago. And it was great to you know, get to, to have a little conversation with him about the Ninja Turtles and their meaning in our society. So hopefully you all enjoy this conversation as much as I had being a part of it. So here is my conversation with Kevin Eastman. Honored to welcome the co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman. Kevin, how are you today? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for inviting me on. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And I was just telling you, you know, before we started that you know, it's a huge honor because you know I'm sure you hear this at conventions and really everywhere. The Ninja Turtles have had a huge influence on not just individuals, but pop culture in general as well. And I'm no exception to that. So really thank you for uh, for taking the time to be on my show. My pleasure. No, and, and that never gets old. It's one of those things that when we're approaching a 40, 40th anniversary as we are, that we still get to have the greatest job we've ever wanted and ever loved. And, uh, you know, we're, we're here because of the fans that uh, um, gave us that opportunity. So great to be here. Yeah. And speaking of 40 years, we are coming up on the 40 year anniversary of the first issue of the Ninja Turtles comic book being released. Did you ever imagine that 40 years later that the Turtles would still be as prevalent in pop culture today? No, it was it was really um, it was 
the dream for both Peter and I, um, besides the shared uh, respect and, and uh, admiration for Jack Kirby as a as an uh, as an influence and a a giant, we we humbly try to follow in the footsteps of. You know, um, uh, we love that he was one of those kind of creators that had lots of ideas and created lots of different things. And so to us, the turtles was just one really fun idea that we loved. Um, and thanks to, you know, my uncle loaned us the money to do the issue and, and that stuff. We, we thought it was just, Hey, this is one issue. It's a complete story beginning and middle and end. Yay. We did it. And then on to the next one. Um, but then this funny thing happened is, um, you know, y'all started buying it and um, we kept doing more and it was, fantastic we it, you know we like oh my god we get to do another one and some of the characters we already love and so on and so on so yeah it was uh um quite a um journey of um happy accidents <laughs> absolutely why do you think the turtles still continue to be relevant in in culture today you know we've had everything from cartoon series live action movies animated movies you know, most recently we had mutant mayhem come out uh, a couple of months ago what is it that you think still keeps the turtles relevant today it's a it, i guess you know I, I point back to the fans um a lot when we have when that, with that kind of question because it really is um um kind of the the structural foundation in that, you know, the same thing for the kinds of things that I like to to read or watch or, you know, the new Star Trek seasons are great. You know, I grew up as a Star Trek fan. It's reinvention without taking away from the heart and soul of what you loved about that original concept. Um, and we've been very lucky that the people we've worked with uh, um, have kept that integrity to, for the most part, you know, um, you know, the first Turtle movie, of course, the, my favorite 2007 Kevin Monroe movie, the 2012 series, and then, you know, right up to Mutant Mayhem, which you mentioned, where um, you now have become this generational thing where um, Jeff Rowe, the director, grew up as a, as a fan of the Turtles. He wore the Halloween costume. He had the toys. Uh, it was the first thing he ever collected, you know, it had to get up for, you know, uh, day and date TV, you know, <laughs> if you want to watch the Turtles on at seven o'clock on Saturday morning, you had to be up with the bowl of cereal watching. So I think it's um, part nostalgia, part um, reinventing the characters without taking away from that. Because I notice when Courtney and I do conventions, and we do quite a few each year, is uh, um, the kinds of audiences we're seeing are the original fan base that grew up with them, um, that are there with um, the nostalgia and the love of something that was important to them in their childhood, and this newer audience that's just discovered and found something some kind of spark that uh, is exciting to them. And that's, you know, I always say, you know, like us, when we were kids, we decided what was cool and what wasn't. And they do the same today. And it's like, if they don't like it, they'll tell you <laughs> and they won't buy it. You know, so we're lucky that support and uh, something about the turtle still clips, clicks with everybody. Well, I think it's also the family dynamic too, because you have each turtle has its individual personality. You, you've got yep. Leonardo with the leader, Donatello, you know, the the techie nerd, uh, Raphael, the hothead. So I, I think it, even though they're mutant turtles that are raised by a mutant rat, there's a cool family dynamic that I think is is really relatable. No, you, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because it's true. It's like that's um, not only are they not of a specific, uh, you know, you know, race, creed or color. So anybody anywhere can imagine themselves as their favorite turtle. And that's actually as often as people ask me, who's my favorite and why I ask them the same, because it, you can tell a lot about their personality, but they identify with those. And you're so right on the family aspect. And that's one of the things that I think are the plot and the storyline that's um, been fully embraced in each 
more successful version of the turtles, in my opinion, is that adoptive family where you might, you know, uh, what is it saying? Um, uh, you might not always like your family, but you always love them. Um, so they might bicker and spat, and but when they join together as a team, as a family, um, uh, they can accomplish anything. So yeah, it's 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 that element is very strong, and I think it um, relatable to a lot of people. You mentioned the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie being your favorite. How hmm. is it seeing you know the the live action version of the turtles being brought to life for the first time? In that particular case, um, it was just. Um, mind-blowingly fantastically scary <laughs> um and what i mean is um you know comics uh, 2d you know you draw them uh, the 3d elements of the toys well that's a different element the cartoons is very similar to the comics but when we had this um bring them to life and make them work as a full-on integrated into the world around us and the world we see it was quite scary and and uh the, to make them work because if it looked like um an actor in a cheap rubber suit, you'd never get past the, the that. Um, and it would take away from the acting and the emotion and everything you wanted to trans translate. So we were um, just given the perfect storm of uh, not only an incredible director, Steve Barron, the uh, the guy that actually did write this, the, the script was uh, Todd Langdon um, and Jim Henson. He's the one responsible as creature shop, his people, um, what they did to bring them to life, um, the kind of technology that was invented just for that movie to make that, that work. And just things like, you know, the massive servers that they had to have attached to them to make the facial stuff work was, could be hidden behind this giant shell. It was like, what? Um, no. So it was a, it was a perfect song. It was quite a gift, and and that's um, it, it worked, and I think it still holds up very well. Absolutely, and you know, as someone who works in film, you know, I'm a filmmaker as well. It's oh, nice. uh, it um, it still holds up to this day. I think the effects still look very grounded, very real, and dare I say, I think it holds up, you know, probably better than any of the other properties that have been done with the turtles. Yeah, I think, yeah, there was some, some that worked, you know, there was always, you know, some that worked um, better, some that worked um, not as well, but th that one is really the, um, it's, you know, dare I say, it's a classic in that it works on every level. So it's, it's something that I, you know, I have my movie, you know, Aliens or, you know, Big Trouble in Little China or this, you know, Blade Runner. there's certain movies that I go to as comfort movies that, you know, hold up um, and, um um, but I think Turtles have, have that first movie, especially, has gone into that category. Is, is something you could watch it again and be like, "Yeah, that's that's still pretty awesome." <laughs> yep. No, it is. You mentioned you know some great movies, and I put the original Turtles as one of my comfort movies uh, as well. So, um, as we start to wrap up here, I, I did want to ask you: there have been a lot of crossovers with Ninja Turtles, from you know Batman to Power Rangers. What crossover would you like to see in the future? with the turtles. I love that. To me, the, the, the crossovers are so much fun in particularly in Europe, um, the kinds of comics I was reading, um, you know, the more, I guess, you know, grounded superheroes. Daredevil was my number one favorite. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Captain America, Batman, you know, they were right there. You know, I still have drawings from, you know, I was seven, eight years old of those characters. Um, so Batman was um, quite an exciting crossover um, just to, the surreal aspect of drawing a cover um, that's going to be printed um, of your characters, your co-creation with one of your favorite characters growing up was like, 
you know, you feel like you're being punked or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I also like the Ghostbusters, Turtle Ghostbusters was a really fun crossover. I was a huge fan of that movie. Another great comfort movie. Um, but, um, you know, down the road, I'd love to see, you know, Turtles Daredevil would be a natural, um, just, um, um, and I've, I've definitely have written more than a few ideas on it if the opportunity ever comes up. And then my other favorite is, um, uh, uh the turtles in commandy uh, jack kirby's commandy um the first movie i ever saw in the theaters was planet of the apes uh, jack kirby's commandy was a furtherance of that concept animals ruling the earth and and i think that was a direct um influence on um mutants as turtles um these giant mutant turtles they would fit in that world of commandy so well and again have a number of ideas i've written over the years uh, that would make a great turtle Commandy crossover. So I would say, yeah, those are the top two. Um, you know, Turtles Daredevil and Turtles Commandy. And uh, Turtles Deadpool, I always thought would be fun as well. So, but the other two are the top two ideas. Oh, any of those would be amazing. But Kevin, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This was great. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk again. Thank you again to Kevin Eastman for that fantastic conversation. It was an honor to get to talk with him on the podcast. And as I mentioned in the intro, it was great to uh, check his name off of my dream guest list. It doesn't get to happen very often for podcasters, so really happy that I had the opportunity to do that. Kevin will be appearing at various conventions throughout the year, and you can head over to his website, fan.kevineastmanstudios.com, to check out some of his artwork and see what conventions he's going to be at throughout the year. And I'll leave a link to the website in the show notes as well. It also links to his various social media accounts for next week's episode. I'm going to leave it a surprise for who I'll be having on the show. It's uh, I'll say he plays a prominent character in a popular animated series from the nineties. I'll leave it at that, uh, but stay tuned to social media. I'll be of course posting, you know, an announcement once the interview is done if you want to follow me on social media, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast audio feed, everything is in one convenient location, linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well, linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews the show gets, the more visible it is to those that are searching for podcasts, you know, like in this case, entertainment podcast or filmmaking podcast it really does help please rate and review the show it only takes a minute of your time and doesn't cost anything which is the best part of it so that's going to do it for this week's episode thank you once again to kevin eastman and we'll see you guys back here next monday for another awesome episode of the Derek diamond experience podcast